Thank you for tuning in to the WAM Podcast, where women empower women in business and manufacturing. Hello and welcome to the Women and Manufacturing Podcast. My name is Fran Brunel and I'm the president of Accelerated Manufacturing Brokers, Inc., a company that specializes in mergers and acquisitions nationally, but only within the manufacturing sectors. And I'm your host for today's show. So, hey, today we welcome to the show Deb Geiger. Deb is the VP of Global Marketing at Aegis Software. Founded in 1997 by two manufacturing engineers, Aegis has over 20 years of experience providing world-class software to customers around the globe. Their customers span more than 2,200 factory sites across the electronics, medical, automotive, military, and aerospace industries. Deb has more than 25 years of experience, extensive marketing and management experience, spanning multiple industries. In her current role as VP of Global Marketing with Aegis Software, she oversees their marketing and communications and is responsible for creating awareness and driving demand. Deb, welcome to the show. Oh, great. Thank you, Fran. I appreciate the opportunity to be here today. Well, we're happy to have you. So, hey, introduce our listening audience to Aegis Software. Tell us a little bit about what the company does and how manufacturers could benefit from this software. So, absolutely. We are a global software development company, as you mentioned, and we offer what we believe is a truly unique and very highly adaptive manufacturing operations management platform, and it's built on an IIoT backbone. And our solution, which we call Factory Logics, provides industry 4.0 capabilities out of the box and for manufacturers of all sizes. And most importantly, without requiring the armies of engineers to customize that system that a lot of other systems entail in order to get that agility and adaptability. It is designed for discrete assembly manufacturing, and it can support any manufacturing processes from piece parts and electronics assemblies up through sub-assembly manufacturing and full large-scale system integration. And it actually even extends beyond the shipment of the product, enabling the return of products to re- be repaired or overhauled in RMA and MRO environments. And organizations are getting increased visibility, improving quality, obviously the production throughput and efficiency as a result of that, reducing cycle times, lead times. Um, many of our customers are dealing with regulatory and compliance issues. So our solution manages all of that on a single platform for their organizations. So it almost sounds like, I know that it's not, but perhaps you could speak to the difference in an ERP system and what Aegis is. Absolutely. So we will typically integrate with the ERP system. We are sitting on the factory floor managing those productions. We are connecting with all of the machines on that factory floor, and we're getting that real-time consumption information, the machine data, and so forth. And then we're feeding that into those higher-level business systems, the ERP systems, and so forth, that then use that information for longer-term production planning. The ERP is 
is doing a lot of the sales and order management and so forth. They're sending us what needs to be built. And then our system is actually building and managing that that process to ensure delivery, customer satisfaction, and, and so on. So the two typically interoperate in a manufacturing environment. Okay. And it sounds like, so you said you're getting data from the machines. So, you know, someone using your software, their manufacturing equipment is feeding into this system. And what type of data are they getting out of it? So anything that the machine is is collecting, our platform was specifically architected in a in such a way that we refer to as kind of an ontology. And it brings up an interesting point when you talk about the machines and the machine connectivity. And again, we can get all of the information that is needed. We are collecting that information, but then we are contextualizing that that information. And so when machines are coming in and out and so forth, and we are connecting to those machines, not only are we capturing and relaying that information, but we are actually making sense out of that information. Historically, a lot of organizations, again, you know, easy to get the data off that machine, but it's not being stored in a meaningful manner in which systems and humans could actually use that information. So as we are connecting to those machines, our ontological data structure is actually kind of making sense of that information and making it available not only for the manufacturing system to use, but analytics and so on. Okay, so I find this fascinating, Deb. You know, there's a there's a lot of product software out there that can provide a wealth of data, but often manufacturers struggle with what to do with that data. And I if I'm understanding you correctly, your software is you use the word contextualizing, but it's it's basically saying here's what this data means and here's what you might consider doing with it. Would that be a proper statement? And can you provide an example of data that is received from the machine tools that Aegis software would contextualize in a meaningful way for a user? Absolutely. And 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 you're you're dead on when you say that there are a lot of solution providers and in, in different apps and so forth that, you know, connecting and getting that data isn't a, a huge challenge, right? Um, and in fact, unfortunately, there is so much data that organizations kind of have, or they're on data overload. They're hiring data scientists and so forth to figure out, okay, well, this machine is saying this, this is what it mach- means from this machine and, and so on. And that's a huge problem for a lot of organizations. So it's not like connecting to the machines is anything new. In fact, companies have been doing that for, you know, 10, 15 years. It's now with all of that data, what do we do with it? How do we make sense of it? And how do we put it in such a a structure that, again, it makes that information available to anybody that needs it? And you know, when we talk about contextualization, an example of this, you know, as as you requested is what we like to refer to is even, you know, unit dwell time between machines as a prime example to put that kind of contextualization concept into play. So let's say you've got data streams before the unit passes, and then you've got a data stream after a unit has passed through a machine. And the data stream itself can tell you now the time relationship between the two 
as the contextualization. Without that contextualization, all you have are two data points, but there's actually no relationship or, or meaning applied to that. And so that's where you know, based on the architecture that we've done and the ontological structure. And again, that requires domain expertise. It's that ontological data structure isn't just you can just plug it in and run. And that's kind of one of the reasons why we are very focused on those core specific verticals. And we're not trying to be everything to everyone is because you do have to have that domain expertise and make sure that that data is structured in such a way that, again, all of the analytics, the manufacturing, you know, production system and everything can just work. So when machines are coming in and out and they're, you know, you're swapping out machines and so on, a lot of times the customization has to be applied to the reports now. It has to be applied to the manufacturing execution system and so on. Whereas all we do is we connect to that and because of our data structure, everything else is, is automatically able to, to leverage and report on the, on the data that the machine is sending over, if that makes sense. Yeah, it does make sense. So when you talk about a piece going into a machine and having data before and after, when you say that, I think, okay, if, if I'm running a machine shop and I have that kind of data, I might be making uh, machine tool acquisition choices to improve that number once I have that data. Is, is that a, a, a function that is happening through use of your software? Absolutely. I mean, I think that one, they can they can assess the productivity of, of the machines, but also the productivity of the workers, whether it's a human or it's a robot, all of that information, they can start to actually control processes. They can they can start building escalations and alerts from from that information. So again, I think the the possibilities of and the advantages of of having that contextualization are somewhat unlimited because most of the people are trying to spend time understanding because most of these machines have proprietary languages and data structures and so forth. So, you know, that is that's the biggest challenge. And, you know, they're sitting there trying to move their factories to, to become industry 4.0 and and again, you know, auto adapting and so on. But, you know, that's a fundamental piece of it. And a lot of organizations are just kind of scratching their heads saying, okay, we don't know how to, you know, it's it's too much time. It's too much work. But, you know, we need that data to make those smart decisions. So absolutely, they can evaluate, you know, the productivity of the machines, the downtime of the machines, but also all of the other layers that are going on in that factory between the humans, the shifts, you know, the products that are being manufactured and so on. Mm, interesting. So it sounds like information is power, but you better be able to interpret the information properly. Otherwise, it's useless. Absolutely. Yeah. So, hey, you mentioned workers. I want to stay on that topic for a bit. So talk to us a little bit about how technology trends are enhancing workforce productivity and how Aegis plays into this. So, yeah, absolutely. I think, you know, especially with, with COVID and, and the related supply chain challenges that, that we're all seeing, right? It's really kind of forcing manufacturers to rethink risk management, contingency plans, safety protocols, their operations, even in just new ways of working. And, you know, I don't believe that 
Um, again, you know, I think the machine and the human can can work interoperably very well. And what we look at is, you know, how can technology again try to eliminate some of the redundant, maybe some of the manual processes, but also help the human worker and whether it be like, for example, our manufacturing work instructions, guiding workers through the processes. We've got you know, Bluetooth connections and so forth to smart tools. So again, as they're torquing with a torque device and so forth, it's automatically collecting those measurements. So, you know, trying to make it as easy as possible for the worker to be as productive as possible, but also helping if you're onboarding new employees, right? Visual work instructions, videos, all of those things, validations, alerts. Again, you know, with a quick scan, we're making sure that it's the right operator. It's the right product they're working on. They've got the right certifications. All of this stuff to, to make sure that the operator that is standing on that production line is as efficient as possible. And again, they can do their job in an enjoyable manner and feel like they're, they're one, they're either learning new things or again, they're, they're really becoming much more productive and focusing on the areas where, you know, they make sense and they're not getting burdened with heavy data, manual, you know, entry work and, and those kinds of things. Mm, wonderful. Talk to us a little bit. I, I want to cover some other things that Aegis Software does. Perhaps speak into how it helps regulatory compliance. So absolutely. And, you know, one of the, the biggest things that organizations have in regards to regulatory compliance and so forth is it's not like they haven't already been doing something, right? Obviously, they have to meet those regulation requirements and compliance and create those reports. It's just they've been doing it in a very time consuming. It causes a lot of overhead. And, you know, what our system does is they have that, you know, immediate traceability as a result of using our system. So again, a lot of the manufacturers associate getting that total traceability data with increased tack time in the process. And that could ultimately reduce their throughput and their efficiencies. But because of that, that legacy approach, that's where, again, our system really eases that process and simplifies that process because everything in our system, again, has, you know, date and timestamps. We are auditing everything. Every action taken in that system is therefore recorded and easily reported upon, is accessible to anyone. And because of the way uh, we've structured our embedded analytics tool and so forth, all of that data is just sitting there. They can use those reports now and customize compliance reports. They can configure reports that they need. Uh, but because of our traceability down to literally the pin on a circuit card, they have all of the traceability at their fingertips. And even just like that, that operator standing in the factory floor, just that scanning of a, of a barcode and them doing those steps and so forth, our system is automatically capturing all of that trace information and so on that's important for those compliance and regulatory compliance reports. Um, so, you know, that's a, that's a big factor of it. The other advantage is when you take a look at, you know, recalls. Uh, automotive market is a good example. Um, because of our exact traceability down to that, that pin on a circuit card, we can help manufacturers 
only recall, all right, if something does happen to, to leave the factory floor that does have an error, not that our system doesn't try to prevent that, but if something does happen and they do have to recall, we can minimize the impact of that recall. Many manufacturers aren't able to do that, so they've got to recall, you know, thousands and thousands of vehicles and so on. But because of the way that the system was designed and that, again, that very deep traceability back down to that to that pin, we can confine and control those those costs um, uh, wherever possible. So that really also helps from you know that regulatory perspective as well. The same with you know medical device and and so forth. That audit trail, twenty one CFR Part eleven, and having those regulations, um, you know, our system really is ideal for for those types of industries. It's well, it's interesting because I I realize that the industries that your firm specializes in are industries where traceability is incredibly important. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit. I want to move over to, you know, manufacturers are always concerned about how best to service their customers, improving that, especially being responsive to uh, requested changes. Talk a little bit about the adaptive planning function of your software. So, and this is something that we're seeing. I mean, there's so many layers of that. And and even when it comes to personalization and, you know, we all want what we want, when we want it and how we want it. And, you know, what we're seeing in the typical business to consumer world and so forth is, is really kind of translating over into every single industry. But, you know, being able to adapt, being able to personalize and so forth is very costly and can be very, you know, extremely challenging. And especially in those worlds in which, again, you know, traditional MES systems, in order to adapt and so forth and to, to change and do cut-ins and all of that really requires a lot of programming. And our system was engineered to be highly adaptable without the need of any kind of configuration or not configuration, but customization, if you will. And, you know, what we actually even refer to as, you know, automate to order. So, you know, we take a look at there's engineer to order, there's configure to order, and what we now kind of coin as automate to order. And, you know, that's the ability for where it differs from a configure to order is that a consumer can typically select a variety of options, right? So envision you're going to go buy a car and you can pick and choose what you want. That's what the world, you know, views as uh, configure to order. But now consider purchasing a vehicle that's got many options and you are now able to change the parts and those parts then have to be physically adapted to meet your unique requirements. So now it's not just part swapping, it's actually configuring that part to meet the specific personalized request. So it could be cutting, bending, finishing, drilling, and other modif- you know, modifications are required to make that final assembly what the customer wants. And that is traditionally been a very challenging thing for a lot of organizations. And usually the only way they're able to do that is with heavily customized software that can support those personalization scenarios and again, very labor intensive and so forth. 
with what we're able to do. Organizations can do that off the shelf with our with our platform. And that's where, you know, we believe there's really that true shift. Even organizations that maybe can't even don't even think about doing personalization. They can't even envision it because of the cost and, and the labor and the and the the technology that's needed. Now they can. And that platform doesn't need, you know, our platform doesn't need those legions of engineers and so forth to customize the production anymore. And so this is where we're seeing we've got a a kind of a true shift and uh, able to actually democratize that production personalization so that any manufacturer of any size is, is able to do that and is able to adapt. And so, you know, we recognize that organizations one day may need to be manufacturing one thing and maybe the next day they're going to be manufacturing something else and they need a system that is going to be able to adapt and respond as well as having the like you mentioned the planning and scheduling and all of that and having that visibility to see okay hey this customer is demanding that they need their order. We need to quickly change what's going on. We need to cut it into the production line. Maybe we need to change a process. Traditionally, if you've got other systems and legacy systems and so forth, you've probably had to customize and, and the software to accommodate that. With our solution, you do not have to. And in fact, you know, even during you know, COVID, a lot of our manufacturers quickly pivoted and started to manufacture, you know, ventilators and so forth. And they were able to do that because of the flexibility of our, of our solution. That's, you know, I think most people listening would, would agree with me when I, when I say automate to order sounds like a complete contradiction in terms, right? But it sounds like your software is, is a tool to be able to accomplish this. Yes, absolutely. I look at it as, as, wow, this could open up possibilities for companies that maybe even never thought of going there, right? When you think about, you know, look at Apple and the personalization, okay, you can you can engrave your name. But Envision, if you could really build your, your entire, you know, own personalized iPad, and again, every single piece is unique, but without the traditional cost and overhead that it would normally take to do that. And that is what, you know, our vision is and, and what we are supporting and, and why we kind of say this industry 4.0 out of the box is that we are actually enabling that to happen. And again, it doesn't matter what size of manufacturer you are. Traditionally, you only see those capabilities in the mega factories that have the armies of engineers that, that can quickly adapt the technology to support things like that. And, you know, we believe that this should be available to everyone and therefore, you know, our platform really enabling to that level of, of personalization if they want to go there. So, hey, maybe there's, you know, new business opportunities for companies that never really even thought about it and another way of, of jumping on that personalization bandwagon. But we're seeing it, you know, with medical device manufacturers. We're seeing it, obviously, furniture manufacturers. Think of, you know, shade and, and blind manufacturers. I mean, there's a lot of that that again, is, is a unique personalization requirement. Now, now they can kind of take it to, the, to that next level and really support their customers' demands, meet those customer satisfaction requirements without the exorbitant costs that are typically associated with it. 
Yeah. Well, speaking of cost, listen, we're starting to run out of time, but I think it's important that we cover one more subject. I want you to speak into, if you could, how manufacturers should be looking at justifying the cost of a system like this. I think that's probably one of the biggest challenges organizations have is, you know, I think they understand the impact and the value that that they're going to get from a system. Many have a challenging time of quantifying or building that business case, if you will. And just to kind of give an example, there is uh, there was a study that showed just an unplanned downtime due to missing assembly tools or improper maintenance or, or any other production problem costs manufacturers $50 billion annually. And in the automotive industry alone, for example, expected stoppages could cost up to $22,000 per minute. So there are a lot of benefits and improvements that can be had with manufacturing automation. But I think sometimes people have you know, a hard time whether it's quantifying, creating that business case, building the proposal, or even identifying areas of opportunity that they didn't even know about. And that's also another thing that we, we offer, what we call blueprinting service, is that we'll come in, we'll audit your factory, we will speak to executives and so far, we will go through your, your organization, your operations, and really identify where there may be areas of opportunity, untapped areas of opportunity, if you will, and present that. And you don't even have to go with us after, right? You don't have to use our solution. You can go off and, and do nothing with it if you wanted to. But essentially, really helping the customer through that process, um, showing them where technology may be able to, to help and the potential return you know, that technology may be able to have. Of course, that that return and justification is going to be different because everybody's starting out at different points. Some are purely paper-based. Others are maybe legacy, a lot of homegrown solutions, right, that have grown over the years and, and so on. And so, again, you know, each business case is going to be a little bit different. But, you know, at the end of the day, we are seeing that, you know, there's still a lot of kind of laggard manufacturers out there. They're, they're, they're not kind of pulling that trigger. And, uh, to make that happen. And so that that's another reason why we generated this service. So again, we'll go in. That's an amazing service. And I truly hope that at the start of this, people listen to the end to hear what you just said about coming into a manufacturing plant to help them understand where they can improve even before they're your client. And even if they don't become a client, there's not a lot of companies that would do that. Deb, you're an absolutely fabulous representative of your company. Well, thank you. Yeah. So, hey, we're, we're totally out of time. I want you to please provide our listening audience with a method to reach out if they would like to learn more about Aegis Software. So absolutely. I mean, the, the best way is to visit our website, and I'm going to spell that out because it's not ages.com, but it's uh, www.ais.com 
corp.com. And you can go to our site, you can see all of our solution overviews, you can view case studies, and we've got a really wealthy library of, of resources between white papers and webinars and so on. And, uh, you know, again, really, um, our goal is to provide as much information as possible to really help companies make the right decision when they're ready. And maybe that might not be us. And, and we are fully transparent through that process. Again, we never want to waste somebody's time if, if we don't feel that there's a good fit or that they're going to get a strong you know, return on investment based on what their requirements might be. Sure. So, Deb, thank you so much for being with us today. We wish you all the best for continued success. And again, listeners, if you'd like to learn more, it's AISCorp.com, AISCorp.com. Also, if you're a woman in manufacturing and you would like to be on this show, please reach out to me at 908-387-1000. Again, that's 908-387-1000. I would also like to encourage our listeners to visit whampodcast.com where you can listen to all of our shows and other manufacturing podcasts brought to you by the Jacket Media Company. Thanks for listening, everybody, and have a great day. Thank you for joining the WAM Podcast, where women empower other women in business and manufacturing. For more shows like this, go to whampodcast.com. That's whampodcast.com. Thanks for tuning in. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.